Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's at work in our mess. Because from the beginning of time until now, until He wipes every single tear, that is exactly what we're going to remember, that even when we experience heartache and chaos and all kinds of uncertainty, He has overcome the world. And whether we choose to acknowledge it or not, He is always at work in this mess. So if we haven't yet had the chance to meet, my name is Jen Jewell, and I consider it an honor to host this faith-fueled conversation-style podcast, which unleashes a fresh perspective and unique story of hope into your earbuds and your speakers every other Tuesday. Y'all, we are partnered with the incredible women of my church, Life Church, where we're also big time fans of the YouVersion Bible app, God's Word, literally in our back pockets for free wherever we go. And we just genuinely value the gift of locking arms with brave women from all over the world, all over the Capital C Church, who are willing to share a piece of their life. So I'm going to be honest, guys. It has been harder and harder to make this happen. Still in the middle of this pandemic, where schedules are often shifting, where there is constant uncertainty, where kids are in and out of distance learning, and lots of things seem overly complicated. Do you feel that? Are you experiencing this too? But then I have conversations like the one you're about to hear, which reminds me why it matters. Like Revelation 12:11 says, our enemy is defeated by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus, and by the word of our testimonies. Notice we're not saved by anything we can do. That is by the power of Jesus alone. But as far as conquering the enemy, God has given us a role to play, sharing how He's shown up, shouting His goodness from the rooftops, and choosing what sometimes feels like defiant joy in the depths of sincere pain. But guys, no matter what you have faced personally, today's episode will absolutely impact your heart. Allison Brown and Kelsey Cole are two best friends who've experienced the best of times and the worst of times together. Within a few short weeks of each other, both Allison and Kelsey tragically lost their babies right before it was time to deliver. And so never in a million years did they anticipate how their friendship would shift, how much they would need each other, or how God would supernaturally work in their grief. I'm going to let them tell you the rest of the story, but now co-founders of Four Known Ministries, Allison and Kelsey have a passion to minister to moms and dads who have experienced a similar loss, to say we see you and we value you and you are not alone. And isn't it interesting how some of our greatest burdens are born out of our deepest pain? Y'all bonus points if you listen to the very end and hear the nice little blooper we kept in. So grab your coffee, and I'd suggest a box of tissues, and join me for a chat with Allison and Kelsey. Well, today we have basically a two-for-one special. So (laughs) Kelsey, Allison, welcome to The Messy Table. Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much. Such an honor to have you guys. Kelsey, we actually met when the Life Church Colorado Springs location was first, and I mean first ramping up like first interest meetings before yes. it ever officially started. August you, of 2020, launching yes. in a pandemic. It was awesome. In a pandemic. <laughs> That's right. You, Ryan, and your daughter, Kennedy, were definitely key people in planting this mm-hmm. new church in Colorado Springs. And then I think it was when you transitioned from a portable setup into your new building when I was in town again, and you actually introduced me to Allison. Mm-hmm. So yes. that's so fun. Yes. I love it. Yes. And I yes. wish we were together right now, but we're recording mm-hmm. this remote because you guys are in Colorado 
Colorado and I'm in Oklahoma and it's just the nature of the beast. So. Would you want yes. us to be in Oklahoma or would you want to be in Colorado? You know, I'm fine with coming to visit okay. you. Okay. I figured that would be the case and we'll take yeah. you anytime you want. So those listening also want to know who they're hearing from. So if both of you would just give us a big picture glimpse into who you are and what you're all about. Who wants to go first? <laughs> oh, I would love to. This is Allison here. I reside in Colorado Springs with Kelsey. Um, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas. My husband, who is a full-blown hippie, <laughs> we're both, both from Texas and both moved out to the mountains. And um, we have been married for 10 years and have two beautiful girls, Millie and Madeline. Oh, I love their names. Thank you. Um Millie, her full name is Amelia. Okay. And um, I just, I fell in love with the name Millie. So she's our little Millie Joe. And then I grew up reading the books, Madeline in Paris. And so oh, loved yeah. that name as well. So we have Madeline Ellis. You call her Maddie? We do. Yes. She okay. gets called Madeline Ellis when she's being a little stinker. Um, <laughs> and, and she's two right now. So that happens quite a bit. Oh, um, oh yes. <laughs> so she's tiny. She's terrorist. used to both. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. My negotiating skills have gone through the roof this year. So, <laughs> so it's been great fun. So I currently um, serve as the co-founder and president of Four Known Ministries mm -hmm. alongside Kelsey, but I'm also working at Glenary Castle and Conference Center, which is actually where Kelsey and I met. Um, we yeah. worked there at the same like time a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Yes. Worked as an event planner for about seven years, and now I'm an office manager and executive assistant. Um, so, um, And that's how you guys met up. Mm -hmm. That is. Yeah. How yeah. Fun. It was a, a cool place to meet. Love it. Yeah. And myself, Kelsey, also living in Colorado Springs, not with Allison. When you said residing with, I was, I was I laughing actually a little bit. That. <laughs> but then she went into my husband and I was like, okay, I, mean, I don't need to clarify. <laughs> but, you know, um, I have been married to my amazing husband, Ryan, for a little over 11 years. Yay. And we have a daughter, Kennedy, like you mentioned, that is eight. And she is just, she's amazing. She is a spitfire. She is passionate and one of the most compassionate little kids um, I think I've ever met. So, yeah, and we love living in Colorado. Like you said, we helped launch Life Church Colorado Springs. Whoop. And um, Shout it's out just been to the Colorado Springs. Colorado Springs. It's <laughs> been so good. And we love living here in the Springs. We love being outside. I mean, it's sunny 300 and what, 63 days a year. So yeah. um, we love doing stuff outside. And I love getting my hands in some dirt and planting and growing and lots of coffee. So, mm -hmm. yes. yeah, you guys are making me really wish I would have just used this as an excuse to fly to Colorado Springs. Stop and see recording you. now. We have to fly you out. Let's do it. Okay. Let's make it happen. That's right. Okay. So you have this incredible ministry that you both kind of referenced, but I know mm -hmm. that that did come after loss, yeah. um, after unfortunately becoming a member of a club that you never wanted to be in. And so if mm -hmm. you are willing, we would be mm -hmm. so honored to hear a piece of both of your stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So back in January of 2018, I was due with our second daughter, Cora, and she was due the 26th of January. And on the 24th, I realized that there wasn't 
as much movement as there used to be. Now, I had been through two very normal run-of-the-mill pregnancies, one with Millie, had no complications with her, and same with Cora, very just by-the-book pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And so... I was not concerned at all. I just thought, shoot, I'm two days out from delivering. There's no yeah. more room in the end. She can't move around. She just can't move. And so I called my doctor and she said, you know, just go ahead and swing on over to the hospital. Get checked out there. I had just had an appointment with my doctor a couple of days prior and everything was great. And so I ran up to the hospital, threw our suitcases in the car, and I'm thinking, this is fantastic. I'm going to be induced early and I'm mm-hmm. going to have her earlier and it'll be great. And so my husband was at work and I just shot him a text, said, this is what's going on. I'll let you know as soon as I find out anything. And I did not have a concern in the world at this point. And so I go in and they receive me in triage and they started checking for a heartbeat and the first nurse couldn't find one. And she's like, you know what, this happens, you know, again, babies are so big, they move in different ways and, Mm -hmm. you know, we're not concerned at this point. And so she tried a couple more times and still couldn't find a heartbeat. And so she called in the head nurse for that day. And she said, I just need kind of a second pair of eyes on this. And so that nurse came in and she also couldn't find a heartbeat. And I'm still, maybe it was pregnancy brain, am not thinking that anything's wrong. I'm just thinking, you guys are so bad at your job, (laughs) which is terrible. And I've repented for that. And I absolutely (laughs) adore nurses. I'm very sorry. Um, But it wasn't until she put her hands on either side of my shoulders and said, I'm so sorry, but she's gone, that everything just fell apart for me. And they called my husband and they said, you need to come up here now. We'll explain to you what's happening when you get here. And so he showed up. They did one more scan and he got to see her, you know, through one more ultrasound and, and she was gone. He said she looked completely different than she had in any of our other previous ultrasounds. And so, um, I did get to deliver that day. She was a healthy, beautiful baby girl who, um, had just moved too much. She had gotten herself tangled up in her umbilical cord. Um, oh, it was a cord. Yep. And I just remember thinking, nobody told me that this was an option. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that at this point in pregnancy, two days out from being induced, that this could happen. Uh. And so, um, yeah, we went through the roller coaster of emotions from just mourning to then going into planning mode of, okay, now we have to plan a funeral and we have to call our parents and get family out here. And as two younger married couple, like that was never on the list of things that we even thought about. Like you never think that you should have to plan your child's funeral. No. And so anyways, we invited our daughter, Millie, who was two at the time to come in because she obviously knew I was pregnant and we wanted to take the opportunity to introduce her to her sister Mm -hmm. and try and explain to a two-year-old 
your sister is here physically, but she's actually in heaven. And then try to preach that back to yourself, right? Right, exactly. And so it was just, thankfully, we had some amazing people come alongside us and, and kind of hold our hand through that time and through that explanation. But that was definitely the hardest thing that we have ever been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember just sitting in the hospital and thinking, you know, you hear about people who lose children and then they get divorced and thinking, great, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. now am I going to get divorced? Cause they say the odds go up. Yeah. And praise the Lord. That has not even been a topic of discussion for us, but it just puts into perspective this whole new reality of things that you've never had to think about before. Mm. So it was a a whirlwind of a few days, but Mm -hmm. like I said, we had a good group of people um, supporting us. And Kelsey was one of the first people at the hospital to, Mm. to be with me and to, and to help me walk through that. Mm -hmm. You said, you had just had an appointment and everything was fine mm-hmm. not long before that. Yeah. So she couldn't have been gone long. No. They said it probably had only been 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, did she, maybe this is an inappropriate question, but mm-hmm. did she look like she had been gone long? She did not. Thankfully, when she was born, there was so much fluid and, um, oh, shoot, I'm forgetting. What is that white? Um, Amniotic. Nope. The fluid, it's the stuff that protects their skin while they're in the womb. Yeah. Anyways. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, thankfully, she looked beautiful. She had great coloring. Um, mm-hmm. Her skin was intact and the nurses were very, very delicate and gentle with her and received her, cleaned her, dressed her and and swaddled her for us. Um, yeah. I personally was terrified of what she was going to look like because at that time we didn't know what had happened. Mm -hmm. And so, um, she just looked beautiful, just absolutely beautiful, curly blonde hair, um, which I was so jealous of. I've always wanted curly hair. (laughs) Little Um, Cora. What was her middle name? Belle. Cora Cora Belle. Yeah. Sweet girl. Yeah. So she, um, she's living her best life right now though. And we are so, so grateful for that. Yeah. And we're going to get to mm-hmm. talking about more, mm-hmm. more about all that. Oh, Kelsey, yeah. Kelsey, mm. let's hear from you first. Yeah. It was on January 24th of 2018 that I remember Allison letting me know that she was going to go get checked out. She had just sent me a text that morning, just letting me know. And I remember our boss just almost stampeding through the entire team's hallway saying, I need everyone in the boardroom now. And I took a few steps and it hit me. And I just remember grabbing onto the side of a cubicle wall, just trying to like stand and function to get in there because I I knew what had happened. And so we went into the boardroom and our boss proceeded to tell us what had happened. And my heart broke for my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew the pain that she was experiencing because unfortunately that's something that Ryan and I have walked through twice before that. And, you know, being pregnant together at that time, you know, Mm -hmm. we were due just a few weeks apart. Uh, We always say that we went from planning an arranged marriage between Allison's daughter, Cora, and my son, Whitson, to Mm -hmm. having to plan our baby's funerals. And it Mm -hmm. was just devastating. Um, So less than two weeks later, 
after Cora went to be with Jesus, I walked through almost the identical situation. Mm-hmm. So it happened with Allison first? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And during those two weeks, Jen, it was just... Um, we were bombarded with questions, at least my heart was, of can we still be friends? Am I going to have to quit my job? Is Allison going to quit her job? Like, how do we proceed a relationship or friendship, you know, if I still have my son, but she can't have her daughter? And it was just kind of a roller coaster. And, you know, I tried to be there for her as much as as possible with still having a glimpse of hope for myself and and able to have our son Whitson, which um, unfortunately was not part of, of the plan. And a little less than two weeks after that, on February 9th, I went in for my last ultrasound at little shy of 38 weeks. And just like Allison ultrasound after, you know, ultrasound tech came in and the same thing happened. And I knew that when my doctor came in frantically with tears in his eyes, I knew that that something had changed and something was wrong. And, you know, we were almost at 38 weeks and, you know, we moved up our our scheduled C-section, which was supposed to be February 12th to the very next morning on February 10th. And I had to go home that night still feeling him move quite a bit. I had very high amniotic fluid. And so to still feel him move around in my belly was just a trip in and of itself. And I thought, surely Mm. they got it wrong. And um, I would have thought the same thing. Absolutely. And I remember leaving the hospital and the elevator doors opened and it was our senior pastor. And, And when I got home, I think we had probably 20 people in our living room and more to arrive later that night. But we just, um, you know, when you pray those prayers, those desperate prayers that you've never prayed before, it's like you never remember what you're praying because you know Holy Spirit takes over. That was that entire night. Mm. And um, and we just, we prayed, prayed for a miracle knowing that God could That's and true. that He should. Um, mm-hmm. But going into deliver Him the next morning, we found out that He chose not to. And, um, and mm. that was really very hard. So I delivered an eight pound strawberry blonde, beautiful, perfect looking baby boy with the biggest cheeks Mm. ever, ever. He was just beautiful. And um, physically there were no abnormalities. And so we were left wondering what could have possibly gone wrong. And it was about a month after that, that our doctor had called us after test results had came back from our amniotic fluid, um, saying that that he had a rare chromosome mutation called trisomy 12. And speaking with a genetic counselor, it was just a diagnosis that is not compatible with life. And so it brought my heart a little bit of closure, you know, yeah, but at the same yeah. time, um, a lot of questions as well. Oh, so I bet we met with a genetic counselor and found out that neither Ryan or I were carriers of the chromosome. And so it was just random. It was just random. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he would have never lived. So the counselor said, you were the farthest along I've ever seen anyone carry a trisomy 12. Um, and oh, so, wow. yeah, it's very rare yeah. to have that happen in the later stages, you know, because when miscarriages happen so early, you don't probably know, you don't know, why. nor is there hardly testing done ever. Mm-hmm, and yeah. so unless it's reoccurrent, you know, and you're very early then sometimes mm-hmm. they'll do testing, but it's rare. Mm-hmm. So it was then that we grieved together. 
the gift of having each other um, was never made more clear until then (laughs) in our friendship. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't just double the grief and devastation. It actually sounds like helped. It did. It was a blessing in disguise. Mm -hmm. You know, you never wish this on anyone, Mm -hmm. especially your best friend. And so when you see her go through that, I mean, I remember one of my first thoughts being, oh, thank goodness I can take care of someone. You know, I can be there to take care of her because I know it's all still fresh for me. It had only been two weeks, but you know, God blessed us Mm -hmm. with each other and with how we even grieved differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was almost like taking care of each other helped ourselves Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. I've never even thought about that until now. Yeah. 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 Man, it's so hard to wrap my mind around. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and I I know what happened, like I've heard this before, but even just Mm -hmm. thinking through and processing through just with you right now, it's so hard to fathom. Yeah. There was even a a third girl that was pregnant with us on our staff where we worked. We had a a mutual baby shower, all three of us together, just a few months before. And truly, they they questioned, is there something in the water? You know, obviously Mm -hmm. there wasn't, but she had survivor's guilt. And she had tremendous fear, you know, after we lost Whitson. And she went into her doctor and said, I want you to deliver my baby now. I want you to induce me now. I, you know, we need this to happen. And, and so that adds just even a, a more interesting dynamic, even on top of that. Mm-hmm. Did that baby make it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. She had a beautiful yeah. son. He was born on February 12th, oh. which is really sweet for me um, mm-hmm. because I get to look at him. His name's Titus. <laughs> and yeah. I, and I get to look at him and think, oh my gosh, that's how Whitson would be. He would be so big, you know. Yeah, and um, it's a bittersweet joy, but I love sure. I love seeing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I know you guys have told these stories many times. Does it get harder or does it get easier? Does it feel like what does it feel like to <laughs> share such a tender part of your story and of your life multiple times? It's all of the above. <laughs> You know, each Mm -hmm. time sharing it, it, it's definitely gotten easier over the years, but I find that I become emotional over different parts of my story each time I tell it Mm -hmm. Um, because something sits differently this time, you know, that didn't bother me last time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the consistent thing is I'm consistently in awe of the power of our story God's hand on it. Because when you're removed from it a little bit and you look back, you can see, gosh, God was in the midst of all of it. He was weaving in and out of all of those details. Mm -hmm. And I see him in the delivery room with me. I see him in the way the doctors and the nurses received us and loved on us and our family and our friends. Mm -hmm. So that perspective continues to, um, to cause me to catch my breath mm-hmm. in a good way and, and just being so thankful to him. Mm-hmm. It's such an honor to share the stories of our children, mm-hmm. you know, because they are forever going to be a part of our lives. And yeah. it's, yeah. I think every time I know I'm going to share my story, I like rent myself up and I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. Lord, like just anoint this conversation. It's going to be awesome. And then when I get to speaking, I, 
it's easily you get choked up, you know, because mm-hmm. like Allison said, like, you know, as God continues to heal those wounds, we, we arrive to a different place. And so mm-hmm. at some yeah. points we're able to look back in more of a historical sense versus like an emotional, I can't keep it together sense, yeah, but I'm still struggling, but it's still emotional, you know, like mm-hmm. they're, they're forever going to be part of our story that God's continuing to write. Well, they're still your children right now. I mean, I believe they're alive yeah. in heaven, Amen. so they're Absolutely. not gone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Gone from this earth, which mm-hmm. yeah. is so difficult. Yeah, Kelsey, you said to me that it's a tragic honor mm. to share your story. I think that's really beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, we never wish it would have happened, but God is using the stories of our children's lives to bring others closer to him than glory to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I hate, hate that you've both had to go through this, that your yeah. families have had to go through this pain, but I am grateful that you can help others face it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so I can imagine that you've had to wrestle through some difficult questions mm-hmm. as you've processed, as you've grieved, as you've healed. What have been the most difficult ones to process? Hmm. <laughs> why? Mm-hmm. You know, God, why would you allow this? Why would you look at me and, and think she can handle this? Mm-hmm. She, she's going to do something with this. Um, early on, I was told, don't get hung up on why, because you'll never know. Yeah. We know physically why Cora passed away. But, you know, at that time, we didn't know the bigger like why Cora. Yeah. Why you? Right. I could have had my appointment, my induction moved up a couple of days, mm-hmm. but my doctor was in surgery that day. And she said, I, I can't do this just because of this one person who has to have surgery. And I've gone back to that a lot of, if we had moved up my induction by two days, this whole story would have been different. Oh, the what ifs would yeah. be excruciating. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And so, um, So somebody gave me some very good advice and said, do not camp there. Do not pitch your tent there Mm -hmm. because we won't know this side of heaven. Yeah. And while I try to do that gracefully most times, (laughs) it still gets ugly. There are still some ugly moments. Sure. But praise the Lord. God is big enough um, to shoulder that and and to gracefully love us through those moments. Mm Mm-hmm. So you said that you still ask why, but you were given the advice to not. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you do when those questions come up? You know, how do you handle it? I changed my perspective to a phrase that we actually had put on Cora's headstone. And it's to think the first thing she saw when her little eyes opened was the face of Jesus. Mm. And yeah. that brings me to my knees every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. That, for me, snaps it all into perspective. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I look at the year and a half that we've just been through with COVID. I look at my life of going into middle school and high school and just the hard trials that we go through when we're growing up. And I think 
what I wouldn't give to have my daughter here with me, but she never has to experience any of this. And one day I'm also going to wake up in heaven, looking my savior in the face and being in awe of him. And my daughter's going to be standing there too. And then we get to spend eternity together. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much of a just sweeping that question under the rug, but it's a changing my perspective to what is truth here? What do I know are the facts here? And the fact is that we'll be in eternity together. Mm-hmm. I can definitely relate to that just with tragedies that we faced in our family and yeah. reminding myself that this isn't just something that we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel better. Mm-hmm. Like this is yeah. actually true mm-hmm. and we can trust it for so many numerous reasons, but mm-hmm. really that's the bottom line that we can trust it. We can trust him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kelsey, what about you with hard questions? Same. <laughs> that's a good question. That That's a good question. That's a hard question, Jen. <laughs> I think with Whitson, I didn't ask so much why, you know, because obviously I had been through some earlier miscarriages before and, and I just knew that obviously this was an option, right? As unlike Allison, you know, miscarriage has never happened in her family. And she didn't realize until she lost Cora that this is an actual possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have lost two more kids since Whitson, the last being mm-hmm. in April of 2020. Yeah. And I think the hard questions didn't come until then. Yeah. And how far along were you with the last baby? 18 weeks. Yeah. yeah. And... I think then it, it was more of just a, God, why again? You yeah. know, like oh. I, I understand why we live in a fallen world. Death was not in God's original playbook, right? Mm-hmm. He didn't want this to happen. He did not create us for death, right? Mm-hmm. He created us for life. But when sin entered the world, it changed everything. And I think um, with our son that we lost Last year in April, Lennox was his name. Mm-hmm. It, I became so angry at God. Yeah. And I I just remember having one intense battle. With, there were several, but one in particular that I'll never forget, where I just cried out to God, literally, and yelled. And I just said, why have you like allowed us to keep walking through this? What have we done to you? You know, we have mm. served you faithfully. I have helps even start a ministry that helps women and men that have gone through this. And I just remember crying out, just saying like, what have I done to deserve Mm -hmm. such, Mm -hmm. such pain, reoccurring pain? Yeah. And I just remember God meeting me in such a sweet place, Jen. And it was like, I just imagined Ryan coming around Kennedy, you know, like in his bigger stature, just wrapping Mm -hmm. his arms around, around her and just like, physically grabbing her so tight, but yet Mm -hmm. gently saying to her, I am grieving too. I hate this. I hate this pain, Mm -hmm. but my daughter, I will give you the choice. And it was like, God just said, if you want to walk away from the faith, if you want to walk away from, from our relationship and our trust and, you know, do whatever you can or, you can choose me and I will walk you through it. I will walk with you through it. 
And it was just such a tender, almost like whisper, right? I feel like God never really yells at us, but he talks in it to us in more tender ways in a whisper. And it was just one of those whispers of like, if you choose me, we will get through this together. But Mm -hmm. if you don't, this is what will happen. And I felt like... I'm going to laugh saying this, but I I feel like this kind of cheesy image in my head popped up of the Wicked Witch from Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. You know, (laughs) the one that's like hunchback, has the black cloak, you know, she's like, has the huge mole, really nasty looking, you (laughs) know. Always the huge mole. Yeah, it's always the huge (laughs) mole. But I just remember like seeing a woman in a dark cloak, like almost in the shade of a cloak, you know, where the hood would be over her head, just wrapped up in bitterness and anger and shame and just, you know, hatred. And I I knew that obviously I did not want to become that, but it was like clear as day that God wanted me to clearly make that distinction and choice. Wow. Wow. Uh, um, As you were talking about having the choice to walk away, I thought of John 6, Mm. where Jesus was kind of what he was saying was kind of hard for people to accept. And scripture says at this point, many of his disciples turned away and deserted him. Then Jesus turned to the 12 and asked, are you also going to leave? Mm -hmm. And Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words that give eternal life. Mm -hmm. And um, I know I've haven't gone through what you guys have faced, but I've gone through, you know, my own heartache and God's brought me back to this verse time and time again, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever I'm frustrated or whenever I question or I doubt, yeah, just Jesus asking, are you going to leave too? Yeah. And kind of coming back to that place, like to whom, whom shall I go? Like Mm -hmm. you're the one who holds eternal life. Yeah. And so, wow. And I knew I didn't want to become that wicked wedge because I mean, I knew that she would be single, probably a raging alcoholic and miserable. Mm -hmm you know, mm-hmm. absolutely miserable. Yeah. And yeah. And I think that that is the choice that when bad things happen, when pain and trauma happens, we have that choice of walking to God or running from him. Mm. You know, we think that For God sure. isn't there. We don't hear him because we are so caught up in, in the middle of our pain, in the middle of what our situation is. You know, we think, where's God in this? And the truth right. is he's, walking with us. He's grieving with us. Right. So I've heard you say there is hope after Mm -hmm. loss, which is a very significant statement. How have you gotten to the point? And obviously I know that it's still a wrestle Mm -hmm. every now and again, you're human, but I would love to hear what insight have you gained along this journey that you can share where you can get to a point of saying that there is hope. There is still hope. You're right, Jen. It took a while to get there. It took a while to find joy again. Um, But a few of the key things that both Kelsey and I did to remember and to realize the hope that we have is one, we got into community. Thankfully, Kelsey and I had each other where we could lean on each other. I knew that when I came to Kelsey and I was ugly crying and I was angry and a spitfire that she would speak truth and love to me. Mm -hmm. And she knew that I would do that for her. And we still Mm -hmm. do that to this day Mm -hmm. of you can have your moment and Mm -hmm. you can be sad and you can be angry, but we're, 
like I said earlier, we're not going to camp here. Mm. We're going to get back up or we're going to keep moving. So having those people in your lives that are going to speak truth and love to you and hold you to that is huge. Mm. Um, Also being in counseling. Yeah. You know, a lot of the women that we speak with have never sought any type of therapy or counseling or anything. And that was a, um, a turning point for me because I was so terrified that my thoughts were too dark or I was the only one who had ever been depressed after loss or had Mm -hmm. ever been angry after loss. And by being able to talk to a counselor and saying, this is what I'm feeling and them saying, no, that's normal and that's okay. You know, those are the stages of grief. (laughs) You are allowed to experience those and you need to. Mm -hmm. Again, you're human. Exactly. So what we've really found is that Satan really tries to get a foothold by keeping you out of community and out of God's word. And if he can separate you from people, then he can bind you and he can speak those lies to you and It is so easy and it's scary how easy it is to accept those Mm -hmm. and not realize what's happening. So um, I would say the biggest um, tool for me was was having that counselor that can speak that knowledge into me, but also having that spiritual counterpart, you know, that was that was Kelsey and that was my husband, Mm -hmm. you know, to to speak truth into it. So good. So good. Now, were you sure to see a Christian counselor or did it matter to you? Yes, I absolutely wanted a Christian counselor and I wanted somebody who had been through what I'd been through, who had lost a child. So um, I found a lady who, you know, she didn't experience the same type of loss, but she knew from a mother's heart what that feels like. Mm -hmm. And she also was a believer or is a believer, I should say. Yeah. Um, And so those were two foundational pieces for me that were non-negotiables. That's great. I think for me, Jen, it's like, you know, when we think about how do we find hope again, I think um, I truly had to re-meet the father and the, Mm -hmm. the heart and the character of a good, good father that would allow this to happen yet again. And I was so caught up in my anger and bitterness. And um, we had some sweet friends who allowed us to spend a week at a ranch in the middle of nowhere in Colorado with an intensive counseling opportunity. And I was terrified and mortified, but it was that week that, that my husband always says, I just watched the anger melt off of you because I laid it all out. I laid it all out truly at the foot of the cross and continue to get to know the heart of the father. Because, you know, like I said earlier, it's like when these things happen, it's like it jades our view of him and who he should Mm -hmm. be to us. When the truth is that God's character never wavers, even though our circumstances do. And so, you know, I was told even with Lennox, like when we found out that we were having a boy, that this was God's redemption for our lives and for Whitson's life. But that simply was not the case. Like Uh, redemption has only and will ever come in the form of one baby. 2000 years ago and mm. it my heart has grown into this idea of like no that is not what redemption looks like for my life redemption was a price that was paid for me on a cross mm. and because of that price that was paid for me we have the hope of eternity 
And that is where our hope comes from. Because Mm -hmm. not only when that day happens, am I going to see my Lord and Savior face to face? And he's going to say, you made it. Well done. Mm -hmm. You know, good and faithful servant, right? We all want that. We all long for that day. And that is the goal. Hear me when I say that alone is the goal. But not long after he says that, I'm going to have five other kids that come running up to me Mm -hmm. saying, Mom, you made it. Welcome home. Mm -hmm. Let me show you around. Let me give you the tour. Mm. Let me introduce you to Paul. You know, like I'm just, (laughs) it's going to be such a reunion. And that, Jen, is the difference of our ministry because our hope stems from heaven. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Bring that fire. One wow. of the things that that we found when we went through the loss of the kids together was there was, there was a lack of Christ-centered, hope-filled resources. Mm-hmm. There were many resources out there of like, here's some things to do, like find community. But it was like the hope never went past community. Mm-hmm. And for us, it's like, no, for us, the hope goes way past the grave. Mm-hmm. Like this is not it doesn't have to be our new normal. You know, that's yeah. something that is frequently said in the kind of the grief community is you have to find that new normal. And to a certain degree, yes, that is true. But does God want us to continue to walk with the limp the rest of our lives? Like we mm. believe that God has that healing that, yes, we remember and they will always be a part of our lives. But mm-hmm. we believe that we can actually run with God's hope behind us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Before we get to talking about your ministry, because I really do want to highlight that and hear all about it. How is it then that we can grieve and hope at the same time? It depends on where our trust is. Mm -hmm. It depends on if we just trust that going through the grief will bring us to joy. You know, like God promises us those things. I will bring joy for your morning. I will bring beauty for ashes. Mm-hmm. And and when we trust in God's promises and lean into those, not just saying them from our head because we can read them, but truly like getting on our face and say, God, I, I'm reading your word. I'm trying to believe this. Make yourself evident and show me these promises. Show me these mm-hmm. promises that you have for us. Make them That's reality good. in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think of the Father that says, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Oh, you know, I think yes, it's okay yes. for us to pray that. Absolutely. Yes. We are weak. Mm-hmm. We are, we're human, you know, and mm-hmm. I think that that's the great thing about God is that we can question him. Mm-hmm. You know, we can come to him with our anger. God created mm-hmm. anger, right? And so right. he allows us to use that even sometimes if it is directed towards him. Mm-hmm. He's definitely big enough to handle it. He is. Yes. Yeah. For me, I think it's so important that you don't sweep your grief under the rug. Mm -hmm. Because when you do that and you try to bypass the hard work of healing, Mm. you're going to keep tripping over it. Yeah. And so by doing the hard work, by seeking the counseling, by seeking the community, by being angry and crying out to God, He is going to show up in a new way. And He is going to show up in, in such a tender and personal way. For you, I mean, there have been so many women that we've spoken to that are so angry and we were there too, so angry at him. But if you give him that broken piece of your heart, he is so quick to be there to help you mend it, 
to hold your hand and to walk through that process with you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. You know, he's not going to call you to go through this on your own. Mm. And so it was through doing the hard work of healing that, you know, I found a new relationship with him, a deeper, more intimate relationship with him. Mm. But you have to do the work to get there. You know, it, it's not Amazon Prime where it's going to come tomorrow. <laughs> and I think sometimes we feel that with God, with a oh. lot of different things in life, especially with healing. Yes. Like we just want to believe and it'll be better today. Yeah. 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 But it's also important to give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Your whole life after you've been through a loss is turned upside down. Your emotions are all over the place. If it's a pregnancy that you've lost, your hormones are all over the place as right. well. Sure. And so you cannot expect yourself. You can't compare yourself to a time when you were healthy and when everything was going great and this time that you're in now, because that is apples and oranges. Yeah. So by giving yourself the permission and the grace to go through this slowly mm -hmm. um, and to really process and to be in those emotions is huge. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. And that's huge in the healing process. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this might be an unfair question since your husbands aren't here, but <laughs> I've read some things that Ryan has wrote about his experience. Allison, I don't know your husband, but mm -hmm. you know, as dads, they're grieving too. Um, how have they grieved, you know, similarly or differently than you have? Yeah. Well, um, my husband, like I said, is a full-blown hippie. Um, he also <laughs> is a physical therapist. And so he has a medical background and he is an introvert. Um, mm -hmm. So we are pretty different in a lot of areas. So, I wanted to verbally process with anyone that had ears mm -hmm. and he wanted to go hiking by himself and mm -hmm. cry out to God and to be alone with God in nature and just wrestle with him out there. Mm -hmm. And so those were two very distinct differences in how we grieved. But God was so good to us. And I know this is similar with Kelsey and Ryan that when I was having a bad day, Jono was having a good day. Mm -hmm. And so he could kind of help carry me through that day and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. And um, I will forever be grateful for those moments when, you know, my husband would come home and he would say, how's the day? I say, it's not good. He's like, well, what can I do? Like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, you know, I'll cook dinner or you know, whatever it was, something little. Yeah. Um, we'll find a solution together. Not a solution, yes. but a yeah. next step. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we we grieved very differently, um, but also made it a priority to support one another in how we could through that. That's good. That's good. What about mm -hmm. you, Kels? I remember one of the first things that Ryan told me when we were driving down I-25, exiting Woodman to go to the hospital. Like, I remember the exact place. Um, he said, no matter what happens in the next, in the season to come, I choose you. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, okay, okay, thank thank you. Thank you. You know, like, and of course I was at that moment, uh, an emotional basket case. But I think that that was huge for him. You know, because 
like Allison said, we grieve so differently, you know, like I have carried this child almost, you know, 38 weeks. And obviously we haven't seen him except on black and white ultrasound photos. Um, but just knowing that that comfort was there of like, you can be, you can feel, you can just do whatever you need to do. And I will be Mm -hmm. here for you. Like the fact that he set that precedent so early, almost set a tone for him Mm -hmm. and his grief journey, which was so comforting to me because we do grief so differently. You know, we, we would have like check-ins with each other. How was today? You know, Hey, how are you doing? We would always kind of allow each other to kind of pass it off saying, Hey, today was hard. I need a bath. (laughs) I need Mm -hmm. a bath and a candle and a good hour in the bathroom without anyone coming in, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, and, and just giving each other that grace and permission to be and feel and just do whatever needed. Yeah. You bring up a good point. Just like I need some time because you guys were both still having a parent and kind of turn it on. Was that difficult? Mm I remember being on my quote unquote maternity leave and having Millie at home with me and just thinking, just make it until nap time. Mm -hmm. So you can put her down for a nap and then you can just have a meltdown. Mm -hmm. And I would cry for an hour straight and then she would wake up and we would get up and we would finish the afternoon until dad got home. You would rally. You would just rally. And that was excruciating to do. Um, but also it was so important to us to foster this environment of Millie, ask the questions that you want to ask, mm-hmm. you know, no questions yeah. are offline. We That's want good. to talk about Cora. We want to make her part of our family. We don't mm-hmm. want to just pretend like this didn't happen and yeah. bless her sweet little heart. She would do it. It would be gut-wrenching when she would because because mm-hmm. kids ask such honest questions oh, they yeah. do <laughs> and you know i'll never forget being in trader joe's with her and she ran up to a man and she said my name's millie and i'm a big sister but she died and she's in heaven yeah <laughs> the man just mm-hmm. looked at me and i was just mortified and mm-hmm. but i i didn't want to tell her to not do stuff like that yeah. because yeah, i want good. her to be proud and yeah. um And so, yeah, when you as an adult are trying to navigate these feelings and this loss that you've never expected to go through and you don't know how to go through it, Mm -hmm. and then also having a little one and trying to walk them through it, it's, um, there's a lot of grace required (laughs) during that season. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, so please tell everyone about your incredible ministry that you started for those who've experienced pregnancy or infant loss. What's your mission? What's your goal? What's the why behind it? So we spent the spring and summer of 2018 grieving together and just crying out to the Lord together, asking those hard questions and just ugly crying on each other's couches. I mean, our couches could write books if they had pens and could write, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it was in that seeking the Lord together that God was weaving together a much bigger plan than we had ever dreamed. And it was one day when we were at work having one of those hard days. And I think it was probably at like 10 or 11 in the morning where we just looked at our boss and we just were like, all right, 
today is horrible. We have nothing left to give today and we need to go. And thankfully we were able, we had that grace with her and, um, and our team. And so we unfortunately went to dine at a horrible Mexican restaurant that day. Um, but it was through the painful Mexican food and through our mutual pain that we were sharing with each other that we realized that God had separately given us the exact same dream. Mm. And that was of both of us speaking to women and just shining his light on the dark topic that is pregnancy and infant loss. Mm. And it was just, mm. um, it, it was one of those moments then where like, you, you had the same, you had the exact exact same dream like i thought i was gonna oh, surprise well, you with this yes and allison she's so funny she's like well i guess i mean like crap i think we have to do something now with this like what do we do with this and we knew there was something to that for sure without a doubt our stories could not be more similar and to not know that god was weaving something just different and and just bigger than us and so we started praying after we both had that dream of like god what is this dream what does it look like and and truly out of that dream um, was birthed Foreknown Ministries. Mm. And we just felt like we wanted to truly provide, like I said earlier, those hope-filled, Christ-centered resources that just shine His light on yes. grief after loss. Right. What the enemy meant for evil, God can use yes. for good. Amen. I know we hear that. We see it on coffee mugs. But man, yeah, you definitely can see it in hindsight mm -hmm. in yeah. your stories. Yeah. So like Kelsey said, we started as just an online platform. It was just Facebook, Instagram posts of encouragement and truly the words that we needed for ourselves. Um, we just were like, there's somebody else out here that needs that. Mm -hmm. And um, slowly we grew into hosting a weekend retreat once a year in Colorado Springs. And it's a three-day, two-night retreat at the Glenary Castle and Conference Center in Colorado Springs. And we truly just walk women through their story. Wow. We invite them the first night to share their stories. We talk about the truths that we believe and that we've formed this ministry on and what the Bible tells us about our losses. The next day we get up and we talk about truths versus lies of, you know, people are really good about saying unkind things. <laughs> Mm. When it comes to our loss, we could probably do a whole podcast on just that, right? <laughs> or things they think are kind, but just come off as a, ooh, ouch, burn. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so we invite the women to write that down on a chalkboard, write down the lie that they've been told. They take a photo with it, and then we pray over them individually. Mm. And we pray that God would reveal his truth and what he says about our losses. And then with them, we erase that lie, and then they write down the truth, and we take mm. another photo with it. And we just really go at breaking the chains that Satan has used to bind us in our grief and in shame. And it's so cool. That's probably one of our favorite sessions because women walk into the retreat physically hunched over carrying this this burden mm -hmm. and then once we break that chain and once we speak truth into them they carry themselves so much differently and it's just such a cool way to see god work in that moment replacing 
those lies with truths. After that, we go to war that night and we talk about the spiritual battle, you know, that Satan has, um, that he's waging against us and in our grief journey and what it looks like to pick your sword up Mm -hmm. and to fight, to fight for joy and to fight for hope again. One of the beautiful sessions that Kelsey leads is about um, redefining joy and what that looks like of, you know, this is what joy was to me before my loss. And then this is how it's deeper and Mm -hmm. how it's more um, Christ centered after. And then that last day we wrap up with moving forward and then, The session that I think draws the crowds is our husbands come in and they host a session from the men's perspective. You know, like we've said, my husband's an introvert. Ryan is an extrovert. Mm -hmm. And so they get to share what walking through healing and walking through loss from those two perspectives was like. And then they host a a question and answer time where women just get to say, this is what my husband said. Oh, yeah. What does this mean? Listen, Q&A is always the best part of any conference, right? <laughs> it lasts yes. twice as long as the actual session itself. It's great. Always. <laughs> always. And it's the highest rated one, too, which just is a little irritating. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, maybe you girls should do a Q&A then, okay? I, I think we should. We've slowly edged our way into it. So <laughs> give the boys a run for their there. money. <laughs> yeah. Then what a beautiful thing to have such a joint mission, like not just as friends, but as friends with husbands all coming together, mm-hmm. you know, pointing people towards not only Christ, but, you know, also to just the healing that really is possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Another really neat thing, Jen, that that Foreknown started doing last about this time last year is we started a text community where women can text the word help if they have just gone through a loss themselves. And it mm. goes directly to Allison and I's phones. And we can reach back out with, with early loss resources, with late-term loss resources, wow. with infant loss resources of just where to go from here. You know, one of the gifts that, that Allison gave me truly when she lost Cora was a book in a list almost of like, have you thought about doing an autopsy? Have you thought about, you know, um, where you would like to bury your child? Like, here's how Mm. to purchase a plot for Mm. your baby, you know, things that you never think that you would have ever have to think about. And, and we have worked with labor and delivery nurses that we love and, and know, and we have put together almost a small list of here's, here's next steps. And here's, you know, just be present. And um, so some practical next steps and then also spiritual and then, next steps. of course, spiritual next steps. And so women can also text a heart emoji to that same number to sign up to receive daily text of encouragement to their phones. You know, mm-hmm. they don't even have to reply, but just, you know, having that text of encouragement wow. saying like, you can do this, you are not alone yeah. um, has been huge and so impactful. Um, We actually, just a few days ago, had a woman reach out to us for the very first time, said that she had just lost two weeks ago, just lost her baby at 41 weeks, stillborn. (sighs) And she's like, I I just feel so betrayed. Like, where do I even go? And, Mm -hmm. you know, we were able to just reach out to her directly on her phone. And so um, that is where the most discipleship happens in foreknown mm-hmm. ministries, right? Truly on a, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, besides our, our texting community, we host free digital support groups every single month on zoom. So women wow. can just shoot us their email and we'll send them a link where they can just come and, and share their story, share about their experience, their child, whatever is on their heart. 
you know, we usually bring a topic and or a guest speaker into those support groups. But it's just a place to to grow community because, you know, there's a quote somewhere where it's like the isolation grows in the darkness. And that is Mm -hmm. like we've been saying, like that is Satan's design after loss and then the grief journey. So, yeah, it's his it truly is his playground. Yeah. You guys, this is amazing. I feel like weirdly just so proud of you just seeing you step out in faith and then step into this just beautifully hard thing of helping women walk through one of the darkest times of their lives. It's incredible. It really is. Thank you, Jen. Um, Do you guys have any other resources that you just love and you really want to recommend? Mm. Good question. So a part of my healing journey has involved an incredible resource by church initiative called Grief Share. Mm-hmm. And Grief Share is hosted in churches all over the country and world, probably. And it is a 13-week program where you truly do dive into grief. Um, it's definitely a Christ-centered resource, but it has been a huge part of, of my personal healing journey. Um, God has allowed me to also facilitate Grief Share for several years at That's a awesome. previous church. It holds a special place close to my heart. Um, mm-hmm. There are so many organizations out there. You know, if women have gone through loss and they're struggling with secondary infertility or just infertility in general, which we know one in six couples do, it's mm-hmm. huge. There's an amazing company, um, nonprofit out of Texas called Moms in the Making, and um, such a beautiful organization that lead truly lead moms and dads back to the hope of Christ. Mm. And I would just say again reiterating the fact of getting into some type of Christian Christ-centered counseling Mm -hmm. of, you know, receiving that truth, receiving that help, um, having a safe place to process your thoughts and your feelings is so freeing. I personally am a huge fan of paying somebody to listen to everything I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, So do you want to pay me? (laughs) Um, Yeah, we'll we'll take that offline. Um, (laughs) So, um, you know, again, just finding somebody that is a safe place for you. Yeah, absolutely. Another resource is truly just our website at fornanministries.org. We have a wonderful blog that talks about everything from how to support a friend who has just gone through a miscarriage or stillbirth yeah. or and loss of an infant. How do you be there for someone? Um, like we said, we can say well-intended things, but they can come off wrong. But how to help a friend, how to guide a friend back to the Lord and just letting them know that you are there. How do you do that? Um, and yeah. so lots of great resources also on our website. They really are amazing. And there's so many great things. Thank you. So love it. Another thing too, that really has helped me is when I don't have the words, right. When I don't know what to pray, um, just turning on just worship, spirit filled <laughs> worship music yeah. and, and just entering into his presence through music. You know, worship has always been a big part of my life and I yeah. love just um, through music, worshiping our Heavenly Father and just entering into His presence that way. And so, um, you know, a lot of people say reading the Psalms, you know, during grief is a very helpful tool. One of the things that I love is listening to the Psalms, either yeah. on audiobook or also there is a great little duo out there named Shane and Shane, and they have a whole I album. Them. I love Shane yes. and Shane. Yes, I know. They have a whole oh album goodness. that is all Psalms put to melody, and it's just yes. beautiful. And so that is one that that I frequently recommend. 
my favorite is, what is it? Psalms 46. Mm, the one that it. talks about that he's with us in the battle. Mm-hmm. <gasps> it's so good. Are you with me? Do you yeah. know which one I'm talking yeah. about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We play that um, at our retreat. I'm completely obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. Such practical ways to actually fight back. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, when we think about the hardest part of the grief journey, it is fighting the battle. You know, mm-hmm. like not to give Satan too much credit on this, you know, podcast, but this is his strategy is to, to steal, kill and destroy. Mm-hmm. And if we are made in the image of Christ, then you best believe that babies specifically are a main priority for him in, in that strategy. Mm-hmm. And so when we think about, you know, as much as we truly have to put on that armor every single day yeah. in that journey and say, no, God, I know what your word says. And and this is not from you. Mm-hmm. You know, fear does not come from you. You give us power, yeah. love, and a sound mind. And so just meditating on that daily and choosing that daily um, to dive into his word, to choose him, to lead us to joy is truly the key. Amen. Amen. Y'all are amazing, by the way. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) We're not. That's the thing I always struggled with. Like, people come up to me and be like, you're so strong. And I would say, are you kidding me? Like, I am one of the weakest people you probably will ever meet. But, gosh, I mean, we serve such a strong God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, you guys are truly amazing. It's such an honor just to hear a piece of your stories about Whitson, about Cora, and just the other babies that, again, you're going to get to meet in heaven. Mm. And just to hear a piece of that, it feels really sacred. So thank you Mm. so much. And Mm. as we wrap up, if there is anything that you haven't said or anything that you really want to say or something that you've already said, but you really want to drive home, you want someone to hear, we'd love to hear it. Mm. I think for me, Jen, it's just to, to not stay alone. Mm-hmm. not stay silent. You know, we talked earlier about like just holding on to the promises that he has for us in seasons of loss or seasons of pain. And one of the ones that, that I cling to and, and have clinged to for several years is just the promise of the ask, seek and knock that we find in Matthew 7, right? Mm-hmm. And in verse 8, it, he says, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. And so don't stay alone, cry out to God, mm-hmm. um, because he's definitely big oh oh my gosh (laughs) do you hear that or you too will be judged oh that's awesome okay that's fantastic you mean a blooper reel who is that man talking about judgment that's hilarious um thank you you version bible app that's hilarious the bible man the bible man (laughs) but you know um If I go to God, no matter with whatever emotion or millions of emotions that I'm having, even in that one second, that he's not only big enough to take it, but he wants to. Um, A wonderful pastor by the name of Craig said, God would rather you run to him with your questions than run to him with your doubts. And Mm -hmm. so just knowing that we have not only have that gentle choice from the Lord, but also that there is community around you to help you and support you. So good statistics tell us that one in four women will experience a pregnancy loss and that is just the women who are reporting it Mm -hmm. that doesn't include all the women who have such early losses that they don't even know that they're pregnant or a hundred different reasons so the chances are you know somebody that 
has experienced a loss. And if you feel like you don't know anyone or you don't have anyone to reach out to, you now have me and Kelsey, Mm -hmm. you know, have us who want to equip you and put the tools in your backpack that God gave us to help you climb that mountain. If we could do it for you, we would, but the journey is so beautiful um, when you really lean into God and you learn so much, not only about Him and His character, but about yourself. And so, so sign up for those text messages so that we can support you and just walk through this journey with you. It's so good. Well, Allison and Kelsey, thank you for sharing today. Mm-hmm. Just so grateful for your lives and for your ministry and just super thankful. Thank you, Jen. Thank, thank you for you, everything Jen. that you do. We love you. Well, one thing I know about truth, about God's truth, is that it's universal. So whether you've experienced loss or you know someone who's experienced loss, even if it's a completely different loss from Allison and Kelsey's, those truths about God and those truths about us, they're timeless. So feel free to send this episode to a friend or share it on social media or connect with us on Instagram at The Messy Table Podcast. As always, all the resources mentioned are linked in the conversation notes, and you can also subscribe for free wherever you like to stream, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. And guys, we know this topic is pretty heavy, but we pray that even now, the lives of these precious children will teach us and remind us of true things, pointing us back to the heart of Christ. So as you head back into your week, don't forget, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in our mess. (laughs) 